podcast my name is patch and with me as always on the regular show is rich rich how are you sir good evening patch good evening listeners how are you how uh, how's things going in the kitchen of late well i finally got the wheels in motion with this garden room so Ooh, i got we're excited I, I sent some photos to a bloke to show the area that i'm <laughs> hang on that just sounded all wrong you sent some photos to a bloke do you want to just quickly expand well, on I, that? the sentence was going to continue oh, okay go on yeah yes but, um, yeah, so to show the um, area, I require a garden room, and he's going to come out on Tuesday to measure survey up. it and measure up and go from there. Oh, exciting. He sounds, he sounds like a real nice bloke, but that's just, you can all sound nice on the phone, can't you? Oh, yeah, but, no, I, I certainly sound nice on the phone. Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully I'll be, I'll be out of the kitchen. He did say, though, he did say May at the earliest, so we're still looking. Another okay, well, you've got, to get the, you've got to get the wheels in motion. Yes. Um, what are you actually going to ask for in terms of what, what's, what are you looking to put in there? Just a desk, work stuff, a little TV? What are you, what are you going yeah, for? Yeah, that was the full kind of place I can escape to and a place you can use in the summer. Not just It's not just a work thing, but yeah, I'll have a desk in there. Are we talking um, a bar as well? If we have to, <laughs> somewhere brilliant. I can get away. From, somewhere I can get away from this. Yeah, absolutely. Constant, constant interruption. Okay. All right. Um. So we have got a guest on this evening, and Rich, you may remember back in November 2017, we went to visit Kevin Baldwin um, of the Social Smokers Barbecue. And yep. we had an absolutely fantastic time with him. But towards the end of that uh, that that venture, we he did uh, put some Mad Dog three five seven in front of us, which is a, a hot sauce over one million on the Scoville scale, um, and it absolutely took my head off. And you might remember I went into his house and I think I drank a pint of milk, and it was literally like the tip of your finger. It wasn't even like a, a spoonful, was it? it was- no. Then you it like wasn't. just dip the your little finger in it. Mind you, yeah. your little finger's pretty big, isn't it? Well, but, um, bigger, bigger than yours. Yeah, it nearly took your face off, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was like that. It was like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end. <laughs> it was like, like, very much so. Um, but my my spice tolerance um, has increased. Probably in the last five years, it's come on leaps and bounds. So I've gone from a lemon and herb Nando's up to like a medium Nando's and verging on medium hot. So it's 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 gone on a lot. And, and a few weeks ago, we actually we had on uh, Murph from the Beefy Boys up in Hereford. Hereford yes. in Worcestershire. Worcestershire. That's right. Hereford and he talked to us obviously through the Beefy Boys, the story of the Beefy Boys, and. They obviously sent through um, a care package for us to, to try out the burgers. And he sent a, a Hellboy very hot sauce, um, which I didn't even attempt, if I'm honest. I, I gave it to someone who would make make much more of a better home for it. Um, but I've heard reports are that it was very good. And Murph actually told me about the Clifton chili and I investigated that further and he said it'd be great to get them on the show. So that's effectively what we've done and where we are. So I'd like to now bring in Jay from Clifton Chili. Jay, come in, sir. Hello. How are you? Yeah, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. So as as a man who is very in his infancy on his chili journey, um, I haven't heard a great deal about you, but obviously did a bit of research and you're pretty much global. 
uh, you're representing Bristol in, in the chili steaks and uh, you've got a hell of a following going on YouTube. When did it all start? Oh, yeah, good question. Um, probably around about 11, 12 years ago. Yeah, so it's just a, a bunch of us enthusiastic about chili, should we say. It's kind of like communism. It started with just four people in a room. Um, but we kind of took a different direction, you know, so, (laughs) and, uh, yeah. And that was just really, yeah, just a few of us that were keen on chilies and, um, you know, we, we were just going to like little chili farms and that Britain was very much in its infancy at the time. And we were just trying to find a way around and yeah, we were sort of comparing growing advice and, and yeah, before you know it, we're taking part in competitive eating and chili eating contests and so forth. And it perpetuated pretty quick. And now we're, yeah, we're rocking it on YouTube and we are, yeah, we're global. I mean, what we do takes us across the globe and we were very, very fortunate boys, really. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a lot of fun in the process. Absolutely. How, how did you all find each other? Was it at some sort of chili convention or? Are no, you Grindr. All... No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we well, once upon a time there was a there was a forum online. So um and I'm trying to think what it's called. It's called something like Chili's Galore or something like that. And we we all happened to just to be on there and just chatting. And it turned out that we we kind of didn't realize where we all lived, and it turned out that three of us were in Bristol. And um, yeah, so we just sort of met up and um had a few beers and uh, yeah, it kind of just went from there. We hit it off. We're, you know, we're good friends sort of within and without the the the, the chili club. So, mm. um, yeah, we, you know, we we kind of just got on real well. And and uh, before you know it, we're we're kind of working our asses off at festivals and events and teaching people how to grow. We're doing cooking demos or giving talks or running chili contests or working with like TV production companies. It just goes on and on. So it's it's perpetuated and it's grown organically and kind of way beyond anything we were ever planning or expecting. I, ha- have, I have to ask the question when you guys all first met and effectively formed the, the Clifton chili company, was it a case of who could eat the hottest chili at that point? Um, there was a bit bravado, I think. Yeah. A little bit of bravado, <laughs> but I mean, even now, every now and again, we do. You know what I mean, we've enough respect for each other to kind of know who can do what. I mean, like um i'm i'm pretty good with like fresh chilies with pods um then there's another guy called nick who um for some reason he can do better with sauces than i can even though the sauces aren't as hot that they can annihilate me but not him so you're talking about like mad dog 357 that's a pretty pokey sauce you know so whereas nick can kind of be really stoic about it and i can just be kind of crying softly in a corner um and then there's dave and dave can do the more kind of prank stunt stuff so um there's a great video on our our, our youtube channel where it's him snorting um oh, trinidad scorpion and it's just uh, i mean I've, I've done it i've done it off camera and it's it's nasty you know but the amount he did it's a big old big old line of chili powder don't do this at home um yeah so we you know we've all got our uh, talent is that the right word um but yeah, yeah first there was a bit of bravado there was a bit of um you know but uh in, in a in a sort of friendly way it wasn't a kind of like whip it out and see who's as big a sort of situation absolutely um so why clifton does one of you live in clifton or is that sort of where where you first met how did why clifton yeah. so yeah clifton chili club was born in clifton so absolutely um and 
Dave used to live there. We used to have a couple of other guys that used to live there as well that were part of the club in the earlier days and have sort of since sort of moved on and settled down and so forth. Um, so, yeah, it was mainly because that's where we were converging and and um, we kind of like the sound of it as well. CCC, Clifton Cheerley Club, there was just something about it we quite liked. I mean, yeah, we could have gone for Bristol, Southwest, we could have done lots of things, but um you know Clifton is synonymous with Bristol we weren't looking to be some global brand or anything we were just mm. looking to form a little chili club but it happens to have just taken us globally and I don't know I'm quite happy with the name <laughs> but I think yeah, if we'd yeah. known where it's it had taken us maybe we would have done something different but at the same time I'm quite happy to you know I'm a proud Bristolian man so um I'm I'm happy to fly the flag and and yeah have that little piece of Bristol represented yeah well, well Clifton obviously is one of the one of the most famous parts of Bristol so you're, you're flying the flag for Clifton and Bristol and on this podcast obviously being Bristol based ourselves, we celebrate all things Bristol so I can't believe it's taken us 150 episodes to to get you on to be honest <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of, of the growth of the Chili Club over the last sort of 10-11 years is there mm. like is there like a, a membership to this club or is it just you're the club and you produce these things and you've obviously got your website yeah, we did talk about whether to kind of open it up as a like a membership scheme, but um, at the end of the day, we're not we're not for profit, and we didn't really want to go charging people for something that we we wanted to kind of just share knowledge about and yeah. and evangelize about really. So um, we it depends what we're doing, but we hold nights and events um, when when the world is normal. And that's when we'll kind of put open invites and put it out on our social media, like come join us for a beer, come join us for a talk, or we're going to be at the following festivals, come hang out kind of thing. So we like to be inclusive and get people involved. Um, but at the same time, what we're not really keen to do is sort of take their take the money. Um, yeah, of course, you know, with the running of any club or organization, you know, even with a podcast, you know, there, there, there are costs involved, you know, from the equipment and, and God knows what. So, um, but then, you know, so we have to charge event organizers to, to be there for our time, you know, because it's fueled and we've got to sort of survive and, and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, so we support, well, actually, we support a charity that are based in the Southwest called It's in the Bag. Um, so, and there's a link between them and the Beefy Boys and Social Smokers because we all kind of hung out at the, the Grillstock Festival in Bristol when it was around. Um, so they kind of get our access, if you will. Um, so we do happen to be in profit, for want of a better term, then they get it. So we don't we don't keep it. We don't earn money from it ourselves. Mm. Um, so it's just yeah, it's just for fun <laughs> at the end of the day. Well, exactly. Uh, and chaos. It's... Exactly. And that's exactly why we do this podcast as well for fun, a, a hobby. Ooh. And it certainly kept us busy during during lockdown and with access to Zoom and access to guests this way. I, I thought I was getting paid, Patch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was my understanding that no money would change hands. I'm still waiting for the check. <laughs> uh, Rich, come to you. You 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 was used to go to the Upton Cheney Chili Festival, didn't you? Well, I, I got a very funny story about that. And you've, from Jay, who saw my daughter behind me, uh, we went... It got about eight, seven years ago. So Cara's 12 now. So yeah, I think she's about five. And we were watching uh, a chili eating competition at Upton Cheney Chili Festival. And like the kids do, they pop themselves in the front row. And this one bloke got a scotch bonnet, kind of bit it and threw it, just threw it obviously into the crowd. Cara picked it up, <laughs> put her tongue on it. Literally, you just saw her running through the, the crowd, just trying to find it. Because we were still at the back, just running through the crowd. There was milk everywhere over her face and <laughs> That's, that's another question. Is is milk? Is that the cure? Is that just, is that just a myth, or is milk the go-to um, antidote? It's, 
it is it's it's an alleviation so milk will help it isn't a cure per se um if you want the science behind it so um you need dairy fats because dairy fats contain a compound called casein and it's casein that would effectively help dislodge the oil from the tongue because what makes a chili hot is something called capsaicin it sticks to your tongue so it's like any oil or any fats um in your mouth they they they, they loiter they linger and chili is no different um but casein will help kind of effectively lift it off it's almost like the the hook part of a velcro if you know and, and we'll take yeah. it from your tongue so in a perfect world actually you want something that will um if you're going to go for dairy then it needs to be really heavy fat so clotted cream even but nobody wants a swill clotted cream do you know what i mean <laughs> so um i shouldn't do anything yeah, that's it. I mean, when you're in that much pain, you, you don't much care, do you? So uh, the other one that's really good is actually using um, just really cheap, nasty vodka um, because you'll need it like a mouthwash. You want to swill and spit. You don't want to swallow it because otherwise you're just moving the problem south. But um, yeah, because that sounds um, like an excuse to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just I mean, I'm talking. Yeah, well, I'm talking smart price vodka. Do you know what I mean? Like one pound a litre stuff. <laughs> so, um, the, the stuff that you're not sure whether it's like liquid or, or just liquid sandpaper, but it, that'll help do it. But it, you need to use it with a mouthwash and just um, it will, it's uh, capsaicin is soluble in alcohol, basically. So, um, yeah, because some of the things we do at festivals, we give talks on how to pair beer and spicy food together. My background is in food. And um you know, so certain like levels of levels of ABV and certain beers will actually help alleviate it. Um, and it isn't necessarily for, to do with the amount of alcohol as such. But um, yeah, so there are means and ways. Um, there are other things like lime. Lime juice is really good. Um, some people really like avocado, peanut butter. I'm not so keen. I, I think that either full fat milk is is probably the most easy, cheapest yeah, go to easiest thing. or, or a, yeah, just a, a straightforward grain spirit. Did you ever frequent the Upton Cheney Chili Festival? Yeah, oh, all the time. Yeah, the chances are that chili competition was was run by us. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> as as yeah. I don't think, well, obviously, obviously since the lockdown, but I didn't think it was going a few years before the lockdown either. I don't know what's, don't know what's no. happened to it. Or... No, it didn't. I think they were planning to do it a, a race course at Bath Race Course at one point, but I think that fell through. So whether it's going to be resurrected, I don't know. Uh, but it was, it was a great little festival. Yeah, it, was, um, yeah. it, was good it grew weekend. quite quite substantially and quite quickly. So um, it was because you had the Volkswagen Fest like, on the side of it, didn't you as well? The, that's the camp, right. Yeah, bands and... yeah, that's it in the in the little sort of adjacent field. So yeah. no, it was great. I mean, you know, Bristol Bristol is deserving of good festivals, you know. And and you know, I mentioned Grillstock earlier. You know that that's gone now, which is a real shame because that actually was superb for the city. Mm. um but um yeah so but up to, up to was good they, they, i mean britain's littered with chili festivals now there's absolutely loads of them uh, you know how, we far, have to kind how, of how far uh how far away is it is as as the, the chili club taken you have you done festivals all over the world yeah um so it's taken us to the us a few times um taken us into europe a few times so sometimes for a festival sometimes for just one-off filming events um it just depends what's going on i mean the most recent one so there's a series on netflix at the moment called we are the champions and uh so we were really heavily involved in the uh making of uh one of the episodes for that series which was the chili eating competition and that was held uh in south carolina in ridiculously hot heat very humid <laughs> sweat running off me as I'm trying to host a competition in, in front of all these people and, and trying to cope with the heat. But And that's before um, you've even eaten a chilli. 
It, yeah. <laughs> no, I had. So part of what they wanted us to do is filming was um, the competition was on a Saturday. And I literally flew in. I landed at like nine o'clock at night and just met the production crew in a bar and literally ate a burger and a beer because I was starving from the flight that had been delayed. And then um, I had to be up at like five in the morning, I think it was, to, to start filming. And the first thing I did was have to try a whole bunch of super hot chilies. I mean, crazy, crazy hot chilies uh, on camera to kind of talk about them and describe them before the competition later that day. So, yeah, I kind of had my ass handed to me at, at like 6 a.m. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it's taken us and then it's taken us all over Europe. Uh, we've been invited all over, really. Um, but it, it's a case of just being able to accept the invites sometimes and afford the time. But. You know, we've had some great times in the likes of New York and um, sort of Albuquerque. And uh, we had a great time in Finland and uh, Belgium, Holland. Uh, you know, it just just wherever wherever we're wanted, we tend to try and go as much as we can. We sort of spread ourselves. Um, but uh, yeah, and now the world is slowly opening up again. Um, bookings are coming in thick and fast. And yeah, we're looking forward to, well, July onwards, really. Who's the who does who's the maddest bunch? Which country is there a notorious country? The the mentalists of Chile. Yeah, good question. Um, the the Dutch can be pretty hardcore. Um, the Dutch can definitely be pretty hardcore. Um, as well, actually, a lot of Europeans can, even though the the chili doesn't really feature so much in their cuisine. Well, actually, Dutch it does, but not not so much in like Belgium, for example. But um, U.S. There's a there's a lot of characters in the US and, and I've seen some real animals, some real eating machines there. Um, but as far as what you might call a collective, not individuals, then yeah, actually the Finnish as well, they were pretty good. They 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 really did take a pounding on on some really stupid hot stuff. So. You say you say about the Americans, I I always remember that episode of The Simpsons where I was he, gonna say that. He coats Guatemalan his, insanity pepper. Well, yeah, and he coats his mouth with wax and his throat with wax, and then just eats it, and then you just you just see him. Yeah, the best bit. The best bit is at the start when he's he's missing it. I'm missing the chili cook off. Chili cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a genius episode. That is it's brilliant. The, the whole hallucinations of. Uh, I know. Back when the journey was funny. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. when, yeah, it's it's still still going. Um, with the, with the chili eating competitions obviously you can tell mm. i'm a complete novice on this but is it is it quality or quantity that's more impressive is it eating the hottest chili or is it eating several of the medium ones um it's it's a bit of everything so i mean the way we run our competitions is that they're all done in the same format which is um we start everybody starts with the same chili we start mild You've got to eat it right down to the stalk. And as long as you do that, you progress to the next round and you get hotter. We tend to do one chili per round. Occasionally, if they're little small bird's eyes, we might give them two. Um, we can occasionally get to the end where, um, thing is, when you're like 15 rounds in, um, you, you're starting to get a full stomach anyway, you know? <laughs> so, um, so we tend to use to, if we've ever got, if we haven't got like a last man or woman standing, then we tend to use... Are these very large heatless peppers, um, which we call intimidators, because they're they're like twelve inches long with huge girth and, and whatnot. So make of that what you will. Um, so we we tend to use those. But what 
what impresses me most is generally what you might call the spirit of some contestants, the sheer fight where, because those that can deal with heat and can take it, they can be pretty stoic. You, you kind of know they're going to win. They're just throwing it down them and whatnot. But it's those that maybe come second or third or fourth where they've really powered through. They are sweating. They're, they're, their nose is running. They've gone through a whole kind of um, reel of blue roll or kitchen roll. Um, you do I mean but the crowd love that the crowd love the underdog and for us it's lovely when that happens because it's really easy to kind of facilitate a really good atmosphere and get the crowd behind that 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 person that's really struggling and suffering so um, yeah that's it impresses me when people really fight and we've always said the worst place to come in a chili eating competition is second because you've gone through all of that and you haven't won <laughs> in nowhere whereas other people have bowed out beforehand but there's something about it and like with all the comments that we see on um on our youtube videos you know so as, as you've probably seen with us you know with with youtube we've got all kinds of videos but the chili eating ones are the ones that really kind of um hit it off uh, you know i think one of our videos alone has got like over 100 million views just on one chili eating contest but the comments are people are loving like the fighting spirit of people and and yeah how they're not picking up on the winner sometimes so much they're picking up on the the, the person that's really kind of just put themselves through the mill and still fail <laughs> so it's almost like schadenfreude you know <laughs> so, so you're on yeah. stage you're on stage you've got your chilies in front of you Mm -hmm. what, are you allowed any assistance, like as in water, milk? Are you allowed no. literally? No, the rules. No, there's nothing. Rules. Nothing. You can't do any, anything between. You can't have a quick drink or anything. No, no. So the rules are dead simple. So basically, to progress to the next round, you need to eat the chili right down to the stalk. So we want nothing left. No flesh. No seeds. Nothing. Once you do that, next round. If you drink at any point, and we do put ice cold milk in front of the contestants, it's there to alleviate them but it's also there to tempt them because ultimately we do want people to drop out and we do want to win out but if you touch that milk if that well if that milk touches your lips you're out of the competition um, so yeah no rest about that you cannot throw up if you throw up then um <laughs> you're out of the competition and i kid you not so at grill stock um one year we uh, we had a guy and he did throw up all over the table and it was this horrible like congealed sticky pile of vomit and I jokingly said to him, I said, look, dude, if you eat what you've just thrown up, I'll let oh. you carry on. And he did. Oh he literally scooped up and had, oh, God. I, I mean, I'm pretty all right. With, with, I'm not that squeamish, but that turned my stomach. But he still it lost. must be a domino effect. It must be. If someone next to me was thrown yeah. up, I think I'd go as well. I almost it went when he, when he just did the motion with his hands. Yeah. He, but he literally just went like that and just, oh, God, it was awful. So... Um, but yeah, so you can't drink, um, you can't throw up, you can't not finish the chili. Um, you can tap out at any point though. And we also reserve the right to pull people out of a competition if we're worried for their own safety. We get them to sign like these legal disclaimers, health disclaimers, um, but only once in 12 years now have we ever pulled somebody out of a competition. But he was so, we hadn't realized at first, but he was so paralytically drunk. We just thought, no, nah, this isn't right. So <laughs> how long do you get per chili? How long? So um, to begin with, we're generally quite generous. It depends on, to be honest, our timing is based more around the event organizers' time constraints. So because normally we're in between acts or bands and, and so forth. So, um, you, you, you know, if they're sort of saying, you know, you've got 20 minutes and then, like I don't know, fun-loving criminals or something getting on, you, you need to be sharp and short about it. Then we'll give them a time limit. But generally, 
if you can kind of gauge it a little bit, if the crowd are good, if the contestants are good, we're all right, give them a little bit of time. It's all about kind of keeping a flow with everything and them not getting bored, the contestants not getting bored, you know. Um, but usually most people will eat their chili within about a minute or so. Oh, yeah. um, and then if we are needing to kind of condense down the time or get some people to drop out, then we will give shorter times on the bigger chilies because you've got to not only deal with the heat, you've got to kind of really get it down here a bit quick. Um, although that said, the best method is to kind of eat quick on these things anyway. You know, we, we, we've got a little article on our website on how to win a chili competition. And, and I'm pretty sure one of the tips is to kind of don't don't sit there and chew and savour the flavour. Yeah. Just get it down. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'd be doing. It attacks your tongue. You know, if you if you leave it on your tongue too long, then you, then you've got the pain there as well as the pain of it yeah. going down, I guess. Yeah, and the rest. Yeah, don't dwell on it. Just get it down. Well, and you, if you touch it and you touch your eye, your eye, your eye bleed goes on fire as well. Yeah, uh, oh, that's it. It's a neurotoxin. So it's, and then, and a... then you, you go to the toilet afterwards. Yeah, wow. in I, there. I, I want to touch on on that very very briefly. The the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what uh, I mean, I toilet rolls in the fridge. Is it? As I said, my tolerance <laughs> levels are are medium. To, to just above medium on you know spice but yeah. even then the next day i'm uh, I, i'm in a little bit of pain any yeah. any tips for uh, for for getting over that <laughs> um there's a, there's a few so one one is you can just not do it <laughs> but um the the other is there are certain things, so it depends. Like if you've had a really serious amount of pain, a really serious amount of heat, sorry, and you'll often feel it in your stomach as well, and you'll get that kind of nasty volcanic sort of feeling and, and what we call the cap cramps, capsaicin cramps, um, because your body's reacting to, uh, it's a neurotoxin for what it's worth. So it's actually a trick of the brain, but your body reacts because your brain's trick. Um, so I, it's like when I used to do chili eating competitions before hosting them, um, I would often eat bananas beforehand. Oh. And the reason being is that they help with the transit, if you will. So you can go through sort of heavy starchy carbs as well. So like stodgy white bread, uh, mashed potato, that kind of thing. But, you know, for, for a quick and easy grab, bananas is kind of the way to go. That helps with the transit. It isn't going to solve the issue, but it will help. And it can help, obviously, upon exit, should we say. Um, but really beyond that, there's not a great deal you can you can do. It just depends on, there are lots of variables, but it depends on how many nerve endings you've got and the, the concentration and your sensitivity. And, the, the, you know, there are lots of little variables. But the joke of toilet roll in the fridge is, is, is one that people have made for centuries. But actually, cold wet wipes do you know what i mean are actually really quite pleasant believe me <laughs> I, think, I think patch patch has a story about that don't you patch i have got a story about wet wipes uh, and i'll share it with you uh, just for richard's amusement if nothing else um <laughs> so my mum used to keep when i lived at home my mum would keep wet wipes um for, for moisture wiping should we say by <laughs> the side by the side of the toilet and on the rare occasion i treat myself and uh, on this occasion, the the wet wipes weren't wet wipes for for moisturising yourself. They were anti back wet wipes, Dettol wet oh. wipes. Oh. And um, yes, let's just say I was doing handstands in the shower within within a few seconds of, <laughs> of using that. Um, but yeah, it, I haven't been right since, if I'm completely honest. Um, yeah, so thanks. I for can. That, um, no worries. I can you, nice um, to bring up. 
I can give you a story that, that, that it, it reminds me of a story because um, you're on about Chile and exit and pain and and wipes and stuff. I um I uh, I I was in the Czech Republic a couple of years ago, and there's a restaurant there called Basement, and they do a burger there called the Chuck Norris Burger, which nobody had finished, and um they they claim this burger to be six million scalable units. So, and I know you've touched on scalable units. So, you know, to put it in perspective, a jalapeno is around about 3,000 scalable units. World's hottest pepper, the Carolina Reaper, 1.6 million. They said this was 6 million scalable units. So it had basically chili pepper extract in it. And I cockily just thought, there's no way it can be that. So I'll have a go. I reckon I'll take it down. And I knew after one bite, I was in trouble. Um, but I, I was determined to dig deep. And I, and I did finish this burger. But I was in pieces afterwards and we went to this bar afterwards and, and it took me three hours to drink a pint because I was just in a mess. <laughs> and anyway, I went back to my hotel and I laid on the bed. It's probably about midnight and I was in searing pain. So I could feel it in my stomach. My mouth still hadn't calmed down that much. And I laid on the bed and I thought, oh, no. Oh, God, it's going to come out. But I wasn't entirely sure from where, should we say. And I, I got into the bathroom. I'm starkers. I've got I've got a thing on, and I to this day I maintain the fact that this is the lowest point in my life because I sat on the toilet whilst it was exiting south, should we say, and burning like hell. I was sobbing to myself because I was in that much agony, and I was had <laughs> to part my legs because I was throwing up in between my legs into the toilet bowl whilst I'm sat on it. Um, um, because I'd eaten so much chili, it was burning my legs and my stomach where it had just gone all down. Oh, I was in the worst mess of my life. My I was just sobbing. And this, this action repeated consistently about every 30 to 45 minutes until 6 a.m. when I finally collapsed in just this sort of anemic heat where I'd just lost everything from my body. And I just thought to myself, my God, never, ever again. <laughs> oh, the fact, the fact you're still going, the fact you're still doing a chili club. Yeah, yeah. Still doing <laughs> That's dedication, club. that is. Well, and, uh, I, I, asked, um, I asked Murph at the Beefy Boy for some questions for you. And one of them was, what was the worst reaction you've ever seen? Well, I think, I don't know how that can be topped, to be fair. <laughs> We've seen some great reactions. Like I said, the, the guy... Um, Hi Murph, by the way. Murph is awesome. So I'm glad, so glad you had them on because yeah, they're yeah, really absolutely the same, yeah. best burgers in the world. Um, so we it depends on what you mean, really, because we like I said, we have the guy that threw up and, and kind of um yeah, don't go into that again. We had a guy that was trying to get to the milk and reach the milk, and he was shaking so much that his hand was just like like a paint can shaker, and the milk just went all over the table and out of the glass because he couldn't couldn't drink it and he was in a mess. But there was one guy, and I always remember him, and it's because of his reaction that he calls himself a problem. And he came, I think he came second or third from memory. And, um, but he was real poker face throughout the whole competition. And afterwards, we always give the same advice. We say, right, you've eaten a world of pain, basically, and you're about, you've got 24 hours where you're going to experience a world of pain unless you can get it out of you. And, you know, it's not the most dignified thing, but two fingers down the back of the throat in the portaloo, you're going to, all right, a few moments of not being that dignified in exchange for 24 hours of pain. And he was, he was giving it the big I am. And he's really cocky. He's like, no, I'll be fine, mate. I'll be fine. Leave me alone. I, I don't, I don't need your advice. And his wife was with him. And I said to her, I said, look, he's eaten a lot. I said, I've seen this so many times. I said, he's not going to be all right. She's like, he ain't going to listen to you. And I was like, well, okay, but 
just to let you know there is nothing once it's got after that, about that 30 minute window there's nothing he's going to be able to do it's going to it's just going to travel south and he's going to have to feel it and she's like yeah uh, he's just one of these people so i said to him i said look swallow your pride man if you can get rid of it get rid of it he's like no anyway long story short 2 a.m. he's in the Bristol Royal Infirmary on a morphine drip. Oh, Jeez. my so, God. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, lesson learned. So that was, like you say, it was, it was reaction in the sense that he 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 just should have just not been about the bravado. He should have just kind of gone, right, yeah, all right, I, I, I need to get this out of me. So, mm. um, but, yeah, no, we've had, some, we've had some great, great ones over the years. We had a girl win where she didn't even want to enter the competition. It was her mate that wanted to do it, but she wouldn't go onto the stage on her own. So she begged her friend to come on with her. And the girl that originally wanted to do it dropped out after about round three or four, and her mate went on to win it. And, wow. and that, was, that was great. That was a lot of fun because she was just, it was, I don't think it even featured in her day. She was just like, oh, I just want a competition. I'm going to get a beer now. So, um, yeah, we, we've, we've had some, some great, great contestants over the years. Um, and, and is it true like that like homer simpson if you heat eat enough hot chili that you will actually trip bulls um kind of so it forces the brain to flood you with endorphins so you can become a little bit kind of happy euphoric if you know what i mean so to hallucinations you know there are myths i've never known anybody personally that's experienced them i've not experienced them i've had times when i've felt like it's an out-of-body experience so i give you that but yeah, so but it's it's basically your brain is is trying to compensate the pain. Um, so you're you're going to get your sort of serotonin, you're going to get your endorphins uh, flooding through you. So that's about as close as it's going to get. But it's not like um, you know class A's or anything. <laughs> and and how many different types of breeds of chilies are there? And which one would you say was your favourite? Oh gosh, um, I mean officially there's hundreds, but there are loads of crossbreeds. People, they chilies are fairly easy to crossbreed if you know how. Um, so you know there are lots of what you might call UVs or unverified uh, chilies out there as well. But there are hundreds. You know, I think I think Peruvian ahi chilies. I think there's over like seventy something varieties of those alone. So um, my favourites, I've got a couple. So one one is the the very original pc1 nagajalakia or otherwise known as a ghost pepper um it's it's something i love so much i've got tattooed on me so um which doesn't work for a podcast but i do have a tattoo on my left <laughs> we can uh, see it arm. very nice so, yeah <laughs> yeah um i also really like a chili called a fatale which is related to the habanero family and it's kind of like a pineapple and a lemon had a baby and made a chili <laughs> so um it's it's a really nice pepper um there, there are lots the, the seven pot primo um you know again a, a lot of the classic chilies and a lot of the mild chilies, like a decent chipotle that's just mm. been smoked well dried well is really nice ancho for that lovely licorice flavor you know so yeah and what, what is it what is it about the jalapeno that makes it sort of the the most world famous chili is it just because it's something that everyone can eat it's not too bad it's not too you know one way or the other yeah i think there's a few reasons i mean yeah one because it's one of the milder peppers around um it's easy to grow so it's a capsicum annum um and annums generally general with chili is that the, the milder the chili the quicker and easier it is to grow 
and so jalapenos fit into that anum category. So, um, yeah, I mean, Mexican and Spanish cuisine is kind of, uh, or Hispanic cuisine, if you will, um, is is known around the world. So jalapenos have been very prominent in in that, um, and also the fact that you know that the, you know, as the sort of the, the Central American um, history of chilies goes back so so far. You know, Aztecs were using using them to make, um, uh, uh, how do they pronounce it, is it the, cat, the cattle, which is basically what chocolate, chocolate is today now, but they used to grind like um, coca beans and, and chili together and so forth, make almost like this drinking paste and, mm. and so forth. So um, that kind of, I think when we discovered the Americas and, and certainly with the Spanish as well, we, we brought a lot back with us and the jalapeno was certainly uh, one of those peppers that kind of found its way because it, it's, um, yeah, big, fleshy, fruity, watery, used in lots of cuisine. Um, and yeah, it's become quite commonplace now. And you can find them in most supermarkets yeah. or greengrocers and, and people are getting inventive with them. And obviously like jalapeno poppers are a big thing, you know, stuff with cream cheese wrapped in bacon and um, yeah, or on your nachos, on your salsas and, 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 and chili con carnes and so forth. So, um, and, and then that in turn has kind of led way to chipotle. So chipotle is just... Um, a smoked and dried jalapeno. So that's mm. all that ever is. It isn't a chili in its own right. It's just a jalapeno. They have to be red technically. Um, but um, yeah, and so people, you know, if you go to supermarkets now, I mean, um, you'll find it like a whole range of like really good hot sauces and, and more and more varieties of chilies. Tesco were really good at kind of flying the flag for what, that one and, and even coming up with their own varieties. But um, yeah, we, we've become quite quite good actually in Britain now to 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 sort of what we like in the way of it. We're still not using them properly um, as much as we probably could, but we are embracing them and, and kind of seeking out the varieties and people know what they like. You're asking me about my favorites and you can kind of ask that of a lot of people now and they kind of know it isn't just like, well, I just like the red chili. It's people go, yeah, I want to, I like habanero, I like scotch bonnet, I like cayenne yeah. or whatever the case is. Um, so as I said, my, 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 I'm late to the party on, on spice and chilies and things like that. And I've got to a point now where I, I will actually have some like some sort of um, chili sauce or, or something a bit spicy in virtually everything I eat, with the exception probably of like a Sunday roast. Obviously, someone who <laughs> it looks like you've tried it um, for, some, for someone who is very much advanced on their journey. Do you suffer that same thing or do you have to have spice in virtually everything you eat? Yeah, yeah. Hot sauce with everything is our motto sometimes. So yeah, absolutely everything. I mean, I carry it on my car keys. So I've got a little vial, a little vial of powder on my car keys that come with me everywhere, just in case I'm in a restaurant or somewhere where I can't get it. And yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an idiot for it because, you know, I've, I've eaten at Michelin star restaurants where I've put on chili powder onto, you know, an expensive plate of food, but I, I adore it. And I, I, yeah, I have it on my, you know, for as long as breakfast is, savory-ish then I will have it on my breakfast as well but yeah I'm with you it's got to be on everything um and the thing is just like the, the, the UK culture is is not quite there yet because like if you go to the states for example one of the things I love in the states you can get hot wings on most restaurant menus you can most restaurant tables have got some sort of hot sauce on there as well be it like Tabasco or Cholula but it's it's there um whereas here it's not such a thing but yeah chili is addictive quite genuinely addictive so and it does yeah. get to that point where it has to be on absolutely everything. 
Um, and it was like tonight, I've, I've literally just gone classic this evening and I just had a whole bunch of wings with a wing sauce, like a nice hot wing sauce. Um, exactly what I know. had tonight, actually, but not probably yeah, not anywhere yeah. near as hot as you. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, a, a medium sauce nonetheless. Um, yeah, Rich, but that's, that's it. Rich, coming to you, what, where, where are you in terms of spice? If you were going to, to Nando's or, or something like that, what, would you have a hot sauce or a medium sauce or a, well, a I think I think my tolerance is quite high because I do go straight to the black bottle in you know, Nando's. I like yourself. <laughs> I, I had a, I mean, I had a uh, pizza from MS in, uh, in the week and it was horrendous. And I said, yeah, I had, to, I had to run to the kitchen to get some piri piri sauce just to flavor it up because there was nothing. Mm. It's such a, it was such a bland pizza. Yeah. And that chili does bring out almost like the excitement of eating. I think that kind of that little, yeah, because not, not every, not every bite is the same taste, is it? When you put yeah. a bit of chili on it, because you might get some that haven't really got the chili all over it and all of a sudden you get a nice sort of surprise when a bit of chili kicks in gotta give a quick shout out actually to chef anton friend of the show who uh he's made a, a sweet chili and habanero sauce and i've had jars and jars and jars of, of this stuff and rich i yeah. know you have too well i need a replacement yeah i'm yeah. still waiting for him to get his batch in order <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but yeah i i literally have had that on more or less everything and i mix it into soups and give it yeah, a stir around Quinoa. absolutely fantastic um, so I'll, I'll have to get you. Um, I'll get when he when he gets another batch, Jay. I'll I'll, I'll send uh, I'll send some over for you. Um, yeah, I do man. In terms of of curries, obviously mm-hmm. Indian food, you can get some really spicy ones, some medium ones, etc. Do you, are you a big curry fan as well? And do you always go for like the tindaloo or whatever? <laughs> I'm a massive curry fan. Um, I don't. I. What I tend to do, so my local Indian are very good. They they will let me bring my own fresh chilies to the restaurant and they'll cook them into my favorite dish. So because I like really nicely spiced curries. So anything like a decent biryani, a decent madras, um, Ceylon, Pafia, it, it goes on. So um, I love, I do love, love, love my, my curries. I really do. But the, the hotter end, in the uk generally aren't that nice so vindaloo as you're probably aware the history is is a portuguese dish literally two, two words together vin vinegar aloo potato it doesn't really stand for anything to do with chili but people associate it as this really hot sort of dish but i don't think it's that nice right. um and yeah so occasionally you find like get decent curry houses decent indian restaurants that maybe make some of their hotter dishes with good pepper like the ghost pepper like the, the naga jalakia um, but yeah, for, for me, Indian food, um, I like really authentic where it's representative of the region. You know, if it's like Goan and it's a lot of sort of fresh, creamy style curries or it's Madras, it's quite heavily spiced and maybe more tomato based and so forth. Um, but yeah, I tend to go for something that I really like the spicing, the flavor palette of, and then I'll bring my own peppers along to just kind of add the, the, the heat and that kind of flavor that I want from a from a decent curry really so yeah I'm not one of those that kind of has to go hottest on the menu or anything of sorts mm. because I can I can deal with that myself yeah, yeah I, think, exactly. I think sometimes I think like you alluded to like the people who go for the vindaloo the foul the foul what it's called it is literally to show off to their mates and bravado and like you get like one mm-hmm. one spoonful and you've you beat to me yeah you want, you want to enjoy eating, don't you, at the same time? You, you know, spicy or not. You you're want a, you're a lamb, Rogan, Josh, man, aren't you, Rich? Chicken. I don't, I don't, I, oh, sorry. A chi- chicken, Rogan, Josh. Chicken, Rogan, Josh. That's a good dish, you know, but yeah, that's, that's how it ought to be. I mean, that's the problem with the UK. And when I was saying that we aren't quite there yet, because 
we generally, and it's a generalization, but we add chili to a dish because we want to kick, we want heat. We're pretty much one of the only cultures in the world that do that because most other cultures are chili for flavor and the heat is just a byproduct. Yeah. Um, and they've all got their own flavor notes. You know, it's like, I don't know, like apples. You know, you, you might like, you rich might like Granny Smith's because they're tart and acidic and crunchy, whereas like Patch might like Pink Ladies are Golden Delicious because they're really fruity and sweet and fragrant, you know? But um, chilies are the same. So some are really earthy, they're sort of green, grassy kind of flavors. Some are very like red berry, some are very citric, some are quite musky or stone fruit. So, um, and, you know, most other cultures, we use them based on those flavor notes and use them correctly. Whereas in the UK, we kind of go, oh, I want a bit of heat in this. So let's bung a shed load of chilies in. So it's it's Um, like a wine, like you get a chili will go, different chili will go with different meals. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if I was making the chili con carne you know i wouldn't as much as i love like ghost pepper i probably wouldn't use it so much you know but i would use the likes of chipotle or ancho uh mulatu guajillo something like that um but then yeah so there's a really good restaurant actually in the czech republic called chili point and it's it's gourmet it's bordering on michelin star standard and every dish they make is made with chili but they use the right chili with the right dish and it's so admirable and i've not really encountered anywhere else in the world that does it like they do it but um, yeah, so it is, it's like anything, it should be paired correctly. And yeah. those guys do it really well. In terms of merch, I can see you've got your Clifton Chili Club shirt on. Do you guys, uh, do you guys do a lot of merch? Yeah, we, um, yeah, we've got it on our website and we, we also have it on um, YouTube as well. So when you watch our videos underneath, you can kind of buy merch if you want it's not something we we heavily promote but we we kind of sell on a fairly consistent basis so um yeah so people can get themselves beanies hoodies t-shirts shirts uh jute bags you know you name you know what the world's like now you, if you can print it on something you can have it so um yeah so we, we haven't got on to our own set of contraception yet but we're working on it so um but uh yes um yeah people can can buy merch but as i say we're, we're we're not for profit we're not about trying to grab people's money we're trying to grab people's attention and effectively kind of educate and teach people about yeah. chili properly whether it's growing whether it's eating whether it's pairing like you say pairing beers and wines and you know um but uh, yeah it's, it's all about kind of just having a bit of fun and understanding really do you also do um you know almost like corporate corporate events where they might hire you in for like a a virtual evening where you can go through pairing as you say chilies and beers and stuff like that give a bit of a different education it quite quite often at the particularly in the last sort of um you know 11 months since the pandemic hit people are looking for lots of different activities that they can get their workforce in involved in have you have you experimented with that sort of thing on a virtual basis no if i'm honest um on a uh, kind of like a more interactive, you know, person-to-person basis. And yeah, so mm. um, for example, I mean, we, um, so we do a lot of work with Silverstone each year. And so this year there's the, so the Formula One will be back and the MotoGP will be back. So we tend to do those two events with them because there is a festival that leads up to it. Um, but in between they have something called the Festival of Beer because there's actually a brewery on site at Silverstone. And uh, one of the things we'll be doing with them this year is is exactly that. So it will be how to pair 
uh, because craft beer is massive. They've got a brewery on site. So it's a really good way to promote their beers, but also to talk about them and how to use them with hot dishes. So we will be doing classes there where those that attend will effectively get like little, I mean, talking like little ramekins full of food because you don't want to kind of stuff yourself, but um, they'll be given different things. So it could be things like hot wings or, or a curry or like Thai curry or some chili or something, something that's got a bit of spice to it. Um, but they'll have a beer that will match it for, uh, we'll talk about various things. So one is kind of working flavor wise, um, but also then we'll talk about kind of tempering or accentuating or plateauing heat and so forth. And yeah, so that kind of thing is something that we are doing and more of. And same with like cooking demos at festivals as well, because we're quite keen to show people how to cook with chili properly and how not to fear them. Because like, you know, Scotch bonnet still has a reputation of being a, a stupid hot chili. I mean, in, in today's terms, it's kind of not, but it but it is. Um, so, you know, we've done, you know, one of the more recent cooking demos we did is we did a pork loin, which we stuffed with black pudding, Scotch bonnet, apricot, uh, pistachio, a bit of honey, wrapped it in bacon and kind of cooked it on barbecue and, and sliced it up and said to people, look, come try this because it's got the Scotch bonnet in it and it's going to work with all these other flavors, but it's not going to take the roof of your mouth off. So, um, yeah, so people are, the, the chili eating competitions are always going to be our bread and butter. It's what, it's a real crowd please. So it brings people to a festival. Um, it creates memories. Um, but, you know, if we're paid to be there for a weekend, then we've, we've always said to the organizers, utilize us, utilize our knowledge and we'll, we'll do other stuff. So that kind of thing is becoming more commonplace. Um, and we're, we're happy to do more of the sort of corporate side of things because it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not difficult and it's also something that is uh for us it's really easy to um kind of evangelize about and and sort of get across as a as a sort of a fun activity yeah, so i guess i guess all you need to do is give give uh people a shopping list who are going to come along to it um mm-hmm. and say right now we're gonna you know look at this chili and we'll talk to you about the chili and and then everyone takes a bite gives their thoughts and feedback and then you say right if you pair that with this that and the other i think there's some yeah. some legs in that that's certainly uh something that would yeah. be interesting well, absolutely and and as i say so my background is in food dave who um is is one of my colleagues uh, has uh some experience of food as well and um so yeah but sort of between us all we, we can do that you know i mean we can you know we've all got our food hygiene certifications and various other qualifications behind us you know i'm you know i'm qualified in, in wine and spirits for example so um you know we we can put those kind of things together um you know we can even bring the food for as long as we you know it's it's all up front on costs and and, mm. and you know what people can and can have dietary requirements allergens etc yeah then we can we can do all of that and then and say hey look you know um this is yeah this is kind of a little fun interactive you've got your meal included you've got a few beers included and you've got a bit of education included absolutely yeah pair up with a brewery anywhere in bristol that'd be fantastic um what's what's coming up in obviously now we've got a a roadmap a cautiously optimistic roadmap what's Mm -hmm. uh what's actually in plan for you for the rest of the year have you got have you got events planned Yes. Yeah. So as soon as that roadmap was announced, we got a plethora of bookings. So um, I've mentioned Silverstone already. So we'll be working with them again uh, for like the the, the Grand Prix uh, MotoGP and the Festival of Beer. Uh, there is Wingfest, which will be in Bristol in September, but it's also Manchester and London. So we'll be at that. Um, to uh, Gert Wings, friends of the show. Yeah, Gert Wings, like Gert Wings. So yeah, uh, so we'll be there. 
we have, I'm trying to think where else we've booked. So we've been invited over to New York in October, Holland in September. Um, I trying to think where else we are. We, we've had we've had a whole bunch sort of come our way now. So, right. so yeah, we'll be we'll be back on the circuit, back doing all the, the the cool festival stuff that we we've missed deeply actually because it's so much fun. I mean, we've got our we've got our professional heads that we keep on during the day, and the moment we're done, we've got our idiot heads on, and that's when the <laughs> beer starts flowing. And you know, we we can't be you know it's it's weird because we get these contracts through, and it's like. We're, we're labeled as the talent and stuff like that. And we, we just can't take that seriously because we are, do you know what I mean? We're just three guys that are just having a laugh and we don't want staff I mean, accommodation. We want to camp with everybody else and just, just, yeah, be up until the sun starts rising and wondering why you're hanging whilst trying to do something. So, yeah, so it's, it's good. Yeah. The, the world's opening up. Um, we are in talks with a, I can't say who, um, and I don't mean that in some kind of pretentious way, but obviously we have to sign NDAs. And stuff, NDA, but, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're in talks with a particular large production company and channel that Disney own. Um, and um, yeah, so they're looking at us for a series uh, of actually around the world. Um, so we're, so we're kind of just consulting with them. And I mean, after the success of the Netflix one, it's something I think we'd be quite keen to get involved with because that the, the, the Netflix one did us a big favour. Uh, we did the whole world a favor, really. Did the whole world of Chile a favor, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about us per se. But um, just to recap, you know, it was we are the champions on Netflix. We are the champions, yeah. So it's on Netflix now. So they did a whole bunch of basically weird championships around the world. So they did like cheese rolling. Uh, they did in Gloucester. So they did the chili eating in in the US with us. Uh, they did fantasy hair. I think they did dog dancing, yo yo in Finland, hobby horse or something. I don't know. So all these weird and wonderful sort of competitions around the world. So it's, it's a great fun series. Uh, dog to, to, dog to dancing, you say? Yeah, dog dancing. Yeah, yeah. You get your dog 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 My dog can bloody tap dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you on the next series, then, Rich. Uh, a lot of time on the podcast as well. Um, <laughs> you say about uh, beers. I'm, I'm just interested to know: Have you got any particular favourites uh, beers, Bristol breweries in in particular? Or yeah, well, New Bristol Brewery. Um, really love their beers. Um, I love their. Um, I'm trying to think what the name of their IPA is. Is it Moon is it Moon Dance? Not sure. I can't remember. But they 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 do an IPA. They're unfined IPAs. Lovely. But um, I really I like, like their. The, I think I think I like their. It's called Muchu Puchu or something. Yeah, that's a great one as well. So I've yeah. had that um, a fair few times. I quite like, um, they do a cinder toffee stout, which is nice as well. Yeah. Um, Bristol Beer Factory as well. I really like the milk stout. So I prefer my, I like my stouts and porters, but I've got a broad palate. So decent IPAs, any IPAs and DIPAs and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm great with as well. But uh, yeah, surprised your palate, I'm surprised your palate isn't shot to shot to bits, to be fair. I know it's bonkers, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I've for some reason. The thing is, it doesn't actually damage your palate, not really. So, um, I, just, just the other end. Just the other end. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm really fortunate. I get to work as a judge, so um, there's a an industry um, set of awards called the Great Taste Awards, which chances are you've probably got something in your house and you're covered with the with it on mm. or you've even bought it in the past there's a little gold uh, so a little black and gold sticker with great taste written on it maybe i have one two or three stars on it so i work as a judge for for them um for the basically for the chili categories um but also again because of my background i judge the spirits as well so spirits and liqueurs 
Um, so that's a hard day, I tell you, having to drink spirits all day and judge them. I mean, you know, life is tough sometimes, but you got to take one for the team, right? So, um, so no, my palate's pretty good. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, I'm all right with heat, but the things you've got to keep it up. That's the thing with heat as well. If I, if I go without chili for a certain amount of time, my tolerance drops, I've got to build it back up again. So mm. it isn't something that I'm born with. And a lot of people aren't born with, you know, you've got to kind of keep working at it. Otherwise, you know, your, your kind of lemon and herb Nando's will become commonplace again and you won't be able to go for your black bottle anymore. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just want to, I just I'll want keep to the practice up. Yeah. I just want to park chilies for a minute and uh, speak to us about Jay outside of chilies. I understand you're a Bristol City fan, which is something that's close to our hearts. You've been following them since 1981, 82? 82, yeah. Yeah, there's only one team in Bristol, as you know. So Obviously. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 82 was my first game. So, yeah, Fulham, nil-nil. It's, I think it's the first game after the Ashton Gate 8 situation. So, yeah, I was a season ticket holder for many years, and then... Um, I, I I just couldn't justify having one anymore because I was just traveling so much. Mm. I was missing it. It just wasn't worth worth it. So I just kind of go down um, sort of one bespoke now. So if I'm in Bristol on the weekend, I'll tend to go down on a Saturday afternoon then. But um, yeah, I kind of miss, I miss not going to the regular. I used to travel away a lot as well to a lot of the away games, but those kind of days are behind me now. But yeah, so um, yeah, hard, hard stalwart fan. Have you managed uh, to watch always... more on Robin's TV as well? Sorry, say that again. Have you managed to watch them on Robin's TV? Obviously, with the with the lack of being able to go to the games, and that's probably an advantage yeah. for you having every game televised. Yeah, it's it's quite nice actually. So yeah, I mean, I've watched them. Um, I was uh, I was away. I was working in New Zealand actually back in two thousand and seven, and that's when we were playing. I think we were playing Hull, weren't we, to to go up. Yeah, and um, yeah. So I remember having um, I had to find a, a B and B um, <laughs> miles away from where I was living um, that actually had like the, the sports channel with it on, which was some kind of like depths of cable channel. It wasn't exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, big news in the in, in New Zealand at the time. And um, so I actually booked a B and B for the night and actually stayed and got up at like five a.m. to watch it. <laughs> so, right. It's quite, it's quite yeah. apt. It's quite apt that your first game was against Fulham, because that's the last game we saw live in the ground, wasn't it? It was, a year yeah. ago, Patch. Yeah. I was against Fulham. Yeah. Was that March the 7th, 2020? Yeah. Yeah, it would have yeah. been March. Yeah, this time last year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Can't wait to get back. Yeah. Where'd you boys sit then? So I'm I'm in the lower lands down. Okay. Uh, Rich, where are you I'm now? in the Dolman, yeah. I've been in the Dolman for a good, well, de- decades now. But that that first game back in the, in the when we first, when we next go down, that's going to kill me, because I'm, I'm sorry, I practice of, all day drinking now. so that, that first that first game but i might i might not even make it to the game i might just, I might, I might, I might just collapse at the two points yeah well it's going to be a, a gradual uh, well come august who knows it says all everything will be lifted by then well, but hopefully yeah hopefully who, who knows but uh yeah uh any other interest jay for you other than um your football and your chilies have you uh are you into music yeah, I like my rock and roll. So um, I'm one of those that will happily go to a festival when um, if I'm not working at one. So Nick, who's part of the Chili Club as well, me and him have got similar tastes. So we'll often go to gigs together um, and just go and check out. So again, love Bristol for like the, the likes of the Fleece. Yeah. Um, you know, which is great for sort of emerging bands, upcoming bands and so forth. And 
Um, you know, we've been fortunate over the years working at so many festivals that we've made friends with a lot of bands. So whenever they come to Bristol, we tend to go and see them as well. So, yeah, so we're kind of lucky in that respect. Um, so, we yeah. Had, uh, we had, we had uh, Lee J on, for, who's the lead singer of Hell's Bells um, oh, yeah. a, f- a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was great value. And um, yeah, I can't wait for Hell's Bells to get back in the, in the fleece. They're great fun. They're great fun. You can't go wrong with them. We can't go wrong with them at all. It's like we um we made good friends with uh, Hazy Dixie, which uh, I don't believe familiar with them or not. But um, you know, bluegrass covers of rock songs can't go far wrong. You know, so mm. um, but yeah, so whenever they come to Bristol, we always they always get us in, which is kind, and we go for a beer afterwards, which is lovely. So yeah, we're really grateful for that kind of thing. But yeah, big comic book fan, big sci-fi fan. So. Yeah, kind of very much engrossed in WandaVision at the moment and, and that oh, kind of good, thing. Yeah. So. I, 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 didn't even watch, I haven't seen any Avengers films, but I, I'm enjoying WandaVision. No, oh, okay. I, so I may, maybe I miss out on a lot of things that the Avengers fans get more than I do, but I think it's, I think yeah. it's quite fun as a series. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really well done. I mean, if you're an Avengers fan, it's full of Easter eggs. If you're a comic fan, it's full of even more Easter eggs. And yeah, so Nick and I will often have a little chat about it after we've watched it so it's on tomorrow as a finale tomorrow so yeah yeah we'll have to have a good chat about that afterwards and just talk about it again murph actually from the beefy boys and there was a big comic fan as well big sorry star wars sci-fi fan as well so um lee who works at the beefy boys as well is a good mate of murph's um runs a little facebook uh group called um secret fan base so it's called star wars secret fan base so me and nick are both on that and that's that's fun you know what I mean, it's proper diehard fans, and there's no no sort of no bad blood, no drama. It's just people having a laugh about Star Wars, really. So, yeah, it's a lovely sci-fi. You know what I mean? And there goes Patrick yeah. and his uh, toys. <laughs> toys. Here What's your toys? Big Darth Vader here on the podcast. Oh, look at that! <laughs> nice. David Price is in there. He likes, to, he, likes to, <laughs> he likes to sit on that on the odd occasion, don't you, Patch? <laughs> yeah, got, the, got the right absolutely. shaped helmet. Absolutely. Does he well, use the force? He yeah. does, he does. And I'll, I'll, I'll spin you around after we stop recording. You can see all the other gear I've got up here. But um, it's been absolutely great stories from, from you, uh, Jay, and so, so stuff about chilies that I didn't didn't even realize that there was so much to it but it's a, an absolutely fantastic story and the fact that you guys are doing so well so well followed so well traveled and that you're from just down the road um it's right. brilliant Re- representing bristol really really well so uh thank you very much to you and your team for that uh rich any final thoughts i need some more chili in my life i think i guess Especially, yeah, especially Chef Anton. I need, I need some of that sauce if he's listening to this. Yeah, I'm sure he will be. Uh, we'll let you boys know when we're no, having a... Uh, no, it's, op- it's great that it's opened up a lot of doors for you, really, you know, to travel and to TV work and other, yeah. venture, other ventures. So it's great. Yeah. Keep, up, keep up the good work. Thank you. It's a glorified hobby and we love it. So, but uh, yeah, well, we'll there's nothing better than, when, uh, it's nothing better than like having out. a hobby, like, a hobby yeah, that you can uh, travel with. Exactly. Yeah. It could be worse. I could be doing a podcast, so you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've we've promised we've promised that we will venture up to see uh, Murph and the Beefy Boys when we're when we're allowed. Um, you should. You won't absolutely. eat a better burger in your lifetime. Absolutely. Well, one of Murph's questions was asking what his favorite burger is. So I think I think we know what the answer to that is. But for me, I I really love their Chipotle boy. 
so uh they do a hellboy as well so one of those two but um things they don't do a bad burger and the thing is all their sides as well you need to go for their bacon fries i mean they're they're a heart attack on a plate but they're just (laughs) incredible they literally are rendering bacon fat and making mayonnaise and oh man it's so bad bacon a's yeah they they've just got it down to an art you know nothing is left to chance nothing is um just uh, an afterthought everything they do is so considered um and they're just such nice guys with it do you know what i mean there's no pretentiousness about them they are just mm. decent guys that know how to cook a bloody good burger frankly so yeah same as you once once this is over i'm going there i am i'm i'm heading back up and we're just gonna have a, a night out in hereford and and just eat ourselves stupid i think oh might see you there if not we'll meet yeah, up right. for a beer in clifton yeah uh, for sure Thank you very much, Jay. Uh, Rich, catch you later. And thanks to everyone for listening. Take care. Thanks, Jay. Cheers, guys.